Hello and welcome to Filled with His Love. My wife and I were reading this morning in the seventh chapter of Second Nephi. In this chapter, Nephi quotes the 50th chapter of Isaiah. So, Isaiah's words are often challenging because he uses metaphors that are hard for us to understand, and this chapter is no exception. One reason his metaphors are challenging is because he says in a very few words what many writers take paragraphs to explain. That's because Isaiah is what we might call a poet-prophet. A poet says things in as few a words as possible. But while we were reading today, I found his metaphors so compelling. They applied to the children of Israel anciently, and they definitely apply to us today. So let's begin with the first verse of 2 Nephi chapter 7. Quote, Yea, for thus saith the Lord, Have I put thee away, or have I cast thee off forever? For thus saith the Lord, Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement? So here, Isaiah is comparing his relationship with the children of Israel to a marriage between a man and a woman. And he's asking, Did I divorce you? No, I did not. To whom have I, he goes on, to whom have I put thee away, or to which of my creditors have I sold you? Now, in Old Testament times, if you could not pay your creditors, you could sell your family members to them to pay off your debt. Very nice custom. But the Lord's saying, did I do that? Did I try to get rid of you? Did I sell you? No, I did not. Now, here's the clincher phrase in this verse. Quote, Yea, to whom have I sold you? Behold, for your iniquities have ye sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother put away. The Lord is trying to explain that he did not distance himself from them, they distanced themselves from him. But the Lord loves us infinitely, and his mercy is never-ending. So even with our transgressions, we will still be able to dwell with him and his Father in the eternities. All we need to do is repent. Elder Holland explains it this way, thinking about this verse. These children will have a happy home and sealed parents yet. In the last days, that bill of divorcement against their mother will be set aside, and so will the demands of any creditors. The Lord is in debt to no one, so neither will his children be. He alone can pay the price for the salvation of Israel and the establishment of Zion. His wrath is turned away, and he will not cast off his bride or allow her children to be sold into slavery." So how does this apply to us right now, right here on earth, in our lives? When someone loses faith, he or she might say, I just can't feel God in my life. I don't know if I ever did feel God in my life. Have you ever heard anybody say something like this? They feel in some cases like God has deserted them, as if he has abandoned them. Sometimes this is because of severe trials they've had to endure. But for whatever reason, they feel distanced from God. But God is saying, I didn't walk away from this relationship. I've always been ready to accept you. It was you who turned your back on me. Then in other verses, he says, But my arms are stretched out still, 
I don't care how far you've strayed from me, he says, how many sins you've committed. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you on your own. But you need to make some effort. You need to turn toward me instead of away from me. Then you will feel my love, and you will know that I have never abandoned you. I never left you alone. An acquaintance of mine recently recounted to me how his son suffered from a rare and serious disease, a debilitating disease. The longer his son's trial went on, the less faith my friend had in God, until he said, I actually came to a point in my life where I cursed God. I actually did, for allowing my son to suffer so much. That was more than ten years ago, and now things have changed. I realized there was nowhere else to turn. I had nowhere to go for the help I needed, so I finally woke up and returned to God. God never departed from him. He departed from God, but then he came back, and the Lord was waiting for him with outstretched arms to embrace him. Now, later in the seventh chapter of Second Nephi, it's as if a faithful child of Israel is responding to the Lord and accepting the Lord's invitation to come unto him and to not turn away from the Lord, to not be ashamed of his belief in the Lord. In verse 7 comes another metaphor that is really worth understanding. So, the faithful servant is responding, and here's what he says, For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. I want to say that last part again. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Now, what does this mean, set my face like a flint? Flint is a very hard rock. It's harder than steel. That's why when you strike flint against steel, the flint shaves off tiny pieces of iron that catch fire and they get sparked like that from the flint. So the flint is very hard. It's this case, in this case, the faithful follower of Christ is saying, I'm firm, I'm steadfast, I have committed to keep thy commandments and I am going to keep them. It's like my friend when he returned to God and stopped cursing him. And by the way, my friend just shows a very strong and firm commitment now. So this is a different image than the hard heart and the stiff neck. So it's kind of strange that this this image, this metaphor of flint gets put on the face. You think that would be kind of like a rock hard thing, like the hard heart or the stiff neck, but those are images, they connote disobedience. So they, they've kind of gotten rid of all their feeling and uh, the image then is very opposite. But a face like Flint means exactly the opposite of this. Someone who turns toward the Lord and does not want to turn away. Someone without shame for his or her beliefs or for his sins. Someone who is all in, as the podcast says. My own image of this verse is that when we face God with full commitment, we bask in his light, a light that comes from the unbreakable bond we have with him, a light that emanates from the love we feel for him and the love he feels for us. Because we're turning toward him with a face of flint, the sparks of his light keep lifting us closer to him and to those we love on earth. A face of flint, a firm commitment, 
brings breathtaking, beautiful light into our lives. In the final verse of the chapter, the Lord warns us against trying to kindle our own light. Quote, Behold, all ye that kindle fire, that compass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire, and in the sparks which ye have kindled. This shall ye have of mine hand. Ye shall lie down in sorrow. So this is kind of a warning at the end, saying, make sure you don't turn away from me. Make sure that you have this face of flint. My own image here is the forlorn soul out in the middle of nowhere, kneeling down, striking his own flint and steel against each other to try to create his own light. Like my friend when he turned away from God. He had nowhere else to go. It's like striking the flint against steel is his method of dealing with his internal conflicts that keep grinding against each other and causing all kinds of mental anguish. I also have another image that happens when we try to kindle our own light. This one is of the person who turns away from God and indulges in every worldly pleasure imaginable. So these people think they see a lot of light because the more they indulge, the more they stimulate the pleasure center in their brain, and as the stimulation increases, they become hooked on it, and the more hooked they become, the more they want it. When they run out of their own flint or steel, they'll do anything to get it because it brings them momentary release from any problem they face or any pain they have. When we try to generate our own light by striking our own little piece of flint against our rusting piece of iron, the sparks fly, maybe, but they don't create a lasting flame. In time, they burn out, and so do we. We get exhausted trying to create our own light. So much effort for so little light. But the Lord's light, it is very different. All we need to do is commit ourselves to turn toward Him, and He will light our way. The more firm we become in our faith, the more our face becomes like flint, always turned toward the Savior. He is not only the one who gives us everlasting light, He is the one who gives us everlasting life. He said, quote, Yea, if they will come, they may, and partake of the waters of life freely. And now remember the words of him who is the life and light of the world, your Redeemer, your Lord and God. It's from the Doctrine and Covenants. So, I want to set my face as flint. I want to commit to follow the Lord every day. I want to turn toward him so he can spark his light and so I can see it, be lifted by it, and try to lift others by it. I want to be filled with his love and help others to be filled as well. I was in the temple yesterday morning and came away feeling so blessed. I can't even explain all that happened to cause those feelings to well up inside. I had several divine rendezvous, which I've talked about before on this podcast, people I had not seen for decades who reminded me of God's goodness, really great goodness. But as I was walking toward my car, I reflected on how those meetings were not random or by chance. I needed exactly what those faithful followers gave me. They could have been like the faithful servant in Isaiah 50 who said, I set my face as flint. 
they were kind of like, I'm totally committed. Lord, you can count on me. I won't turn you down. I won't turn away. That really is my prayer for all of us, that we can all have a face set as flint, that we can be turned toward the Lord, that we can see his light and feel his love every day. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.